0: As Nintendo begins to take on new forms, it's important that we can measure how addictive they truly are. I have a tendency to be fairly excited about all things Nintendo. Uh, I'm a big fan of what they do, but every once in a while I have to put out an episode of Nintendo Switchcraft where I point out all of the things that I really don't like about something. And there's a lot to talk about today, which is kind of too bad. Um, Not just from the aspect of I have a lot of bad things to say, but I mean, Nintendo completely overshadowed all of their good stuff with bad stuff as well. Now, some of this isn't on Nintendo, but most of it is. Let's start with the Animal Crossing Direct. Uh, we just had the Animal Crossing Direct, and I have to say, it looks really cool. First off, we're going to have uh, one more free update, um, which is uh, going to include um, a cafe where you could sit down and have a cup of coffee either with the other uh, residents on your island or friends if they are visiting your island. Um, you will have cooking DIYs so that you can harvest plants and stuff cook some food and then put it out on tables to make it look even cooler uh a bunch of extra customization customizations uh all that kind of stuff sounds really really cool um you could take a boat tour with captain Uh, he hangs out on the pier and will take you to remote islands on his boat and then he sings songs while you're on your way and then when you get to these islands, there's some stuff that you can't find in other places. Like it might be a different season, it might be a different time of day, it might have different kinds of, uh, you know, plants and 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 stuff like that that you can collect while you're there to bring back to your island, which is cool. They're they're going to bring in gyroids, awesome. Um, my favorite change to the the free update has to do with Harv's Island. If you haven't put 200 hours into Animal Crossing like uh, I have and like my family has, then you might not know who Harv is. Harv has this weird photography studio. You can go to his island and set up like a photography studio and take pictures and stuff. Cool, I guess. I never really saw the appeal, Um, but The thing that they're going to do is they're going to uh, have some... Harv is going to have some help from his friend, Harriet. uh, And they're going to invite shops to open markets on his island. So if you have people like Reese and Sirius... uh, Not Sirius, Sirius, who, you know, they show up on your island from time to time and sell you stuff. Well, now, once you do all of the game stuff in order to make this happen... They will have a permanent shop on Harv's Island, which means that you don't have to wait for them to show up on our, on your island in order to buy new rugs or wallpapers or whatever. You can just go to Harv's Island, buy the stuff that you want, and go back to your island, which is really, really cool. Um, all of that stuff looks awesome. And then, uh, which is even cooler, they're bringing paid DLC. Now, the paid DLC is uh pretty interesting to me. Um there's some really deep gameplay here and I can see somebody getting pulled back into Animal Crossing who's maybe has lapsed uh in order to do this stuff. So it's called Happy Home Paradise and basically you are on the Paradise Planning team and you design vacation homes for characters as somebody who's played a ton of Animal Crossing, decorating your house is probably the most fun. Like, just decorating stuff is really fun. You, you know, I remember back when I was playing this game, like, every single day, I made, like, a a podcast studio in my house out of the things that people were sending me like people would find arcade cabinets or microphones or video cameras and they would send them to me in the game and then I built them in my Animal Crossing game when I was streaming and it was just really really cool well you're very limited as to how many places you can decorate in Animal Crossing so much so that some people like they would make another account and on the same switch, so that they had another house to put on the island, so that they could decorate it the way that they wanted. Well, with Happy Home Paradise, decoration is the entire game. You go to this archipelago, and there will be somebody who has, like, they really like bears, or they really like golf, or they really like, I don't know, volcanoes or something, and you then can decorate their vacation home, and I think that that's really, really awesome. You can uh, decorate their vacation home. They're adding in like um, walls that you can use to separate out the rooms, like these big rooms, into smaller spaces, which gives you more options with how you can decorate things, which is very, very cool. They're also making it so you can walk through more narrow areas. Now the animation for walking through these narrow areas is ridiculous, but a lot of times you were very restricted in how you were decorating something in Animal Crossing because you could put down all of this furniture and then you couldn't really go anywhere in the room because you couldn't get through the narrow uh, the narrow spaces between objects, which was always a little frustrating. So uh, they they made it so that's less of an issue. They have countertops at uh, different heights there's a lot of just adding in these few things is really going to give you a lot more options for how you can um, decorate these spaces and then if you do well enough there you can then go back to your island and you can talk to the uh, the residents that are living on your island and you can say hey I want to decorate your house and so now, almost every building in the game is redecoratable. This is going to insanely expand the amount of things that you can do in the game. Is it going to get me to play it again? I don't know. Maybe um, just watching the video, um, listening to the music and the sounds uh, (laughs) as the characters talk to each other. it kind of like struck a chord with me, you know, when the pandemic first hit was the, you know, Animal Crossing had just come out and my family and I were trapped in our house for months on end. And Animal Crossing is what we did. We sat down in the living room and the four of us all had our Nintendo Switches out and we played Animal Crossing together. And it was, it was really, really fun. And I can see a lot of people getting pulled back into it just because now they have so much more to do. And I think that that's awesome. But I just spent eight minutes talking about all of the things that I liked. And at the very beginning of the show, I said, sometimes there's an episode where I have got to rail against the things that I don't like. And we're going to have to do that now. Uh, so <laughs> Nintendo said, hey... Uh, Animal Crossing fans, here's a bunch of cool stuff. Oh, and by the way, do you remember how we said we were bringing N64 games and Sega Genesis games to Nintendo Switch Online in the expansion pack? And everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Are you going to tell us how much it is now? Yes, we are. And the price is ridiculous, I feel. So I'm going to tell you the price in just a second, but I want to set this up with the i've been thinking about this a lot and the way that i've come down to it is nintendo switch online the real reason that people subscribe to it is so that they can play their nintendo switch games online that's what it's called you know i want to play my mario kart online i have to subscribe to nintendo switch online it makes sense now their offering doesn't have voice chat i mean it has voice chat through the app on your phone but i don't count that uh, it doesn't really have voice chat um it's not the best experience inviting your friends to a game is sometimes a uh, hassle like there's a there's a lot of problems with the nintendo switch online app and of course it is cheaper it's 20 dollars. excuse me it's 20 dollars a year or $35 a year if you get the family plan. And then in order to make me feel better about that, they were like, by the way, here's some NES games and some Super NES games that you can play. It's not the real point of it. It's just an extra, which is fine. I'm okay with that. So then they are, they say Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games, those are going to be another extra. And while I would prefer that they'd be included because, I mean, I'm not made of money, I can understand that they're not included. But to charge more than double, I'm going to say that again, more than double the price for this is just crazy to me. So so currently... The price for Nintendo Switch Expansion Pack... I'm sorry, for Nintendo Switch Online is $20 a year. $35 for the family plan. Cool. I'm okay with that. I have zero problem with that. For the solo plan, this is the $20 a year uh, for the regular Nintendo Switch Online. For the expansion pack, it's $50 a year. That's more than double what the original one costs now this comes with n64 games sega genesis games and you remember that dlc from animal crossing also included there which kind of sweetens the pot a little but i don't know if it sweetens it enough now if you go with the family plan this is the family plan which is currently 35 dollars a month that's $80. I'm not I'm sorry, not a month a year. Let me say that again. $35 a year for Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo Switch Online and expansion pack. This is the family plan for 12 months. You get $80. That is more than your your Xbox Live subscription. That is more than your PSN subscription, especially since you can usually get those like half off. Uh, and get those like cards that you can buy off Amazon or something for half off at certain times of the year, and apply them all on your account. Eighty dollars a year. Now, somebody might say uh, that all right, this is shared amongst eight people. If let's say you have eight people in your household and you're sharing this among eight people, uh, that is less than a dollar a month per person which is fine, but most people are not sharing it with eight people. Most people are sharing it with fewer than eight people. And I, I I was okay with a price increase, but more than double for those games. The only way that this makes sense to me, there's only one way that this makes sense to me, and they they hinted at it, but they didn't commit to it, is the Animal Crossing DLC. Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pack is Nintendo Switch Online plus NES games, plus cloud data saves, plus the stupid phone thing, plus um, Super Super NES games. Then the Expansion Pack has N64 games, Sega Genesis games, and that Animal Crossing DLC. Now, first off, if you don't play Animal Crossing, you really feel like you're getting ripped off here. Right? Like they're, that, like you're paying for something that you're never going to use. That's not cool. But the only way that I see this as viable, as a price, is if DLC for their other games is included in this subscription. And they didn't commit to that. And now if they had said, by the way, If you subscribe to this, then you get all DLC for all first-party Nintendo games moving forward. $80 a year, I think that that would have been fine. I think that that would have been totally fine. I would have nothing to complain about. But the idea that I am now renting DLC and, and, and renting these games... Somebody in in our uh, community said something absolutely perfect in our Discord channel. They said, it was Mesfuego. He said, I'd rather buy Nostalgia a la carte. I thought that that was perfect. That was the perfect way to to sum up my feelings on this. If I want to play Ocarina of Time on my Nintendo Switch, just let me buy it. I know that during the era of the Wii U and the Wii... We kept talking about how we wanted Netflix over and over and over. Everybody just kept saying, "Hey, Nintendo, let us pay a subscription to subscribe to all of your games." That's fine, but Nintendo never did that. They said, "Hey, pay a subscription, and we'll drip feed you a few games over a long, long period of time." That's not okay. I tweeted out. I said, uh, "You know, what are your thoughts on the expansion pass?" uh, 2.9% of people said I'd pay more. 84% of people said it was too expensive. And 13% of people said it was just right. Nakashima replied. She says, I voted too expensive because the lack of a 12 month discount that the base deals offer. The increase from 20 to 50 is a lot. That said, I'm 100% forking over the cash. And I think that that tells you everything that you need to know about how Nintendo's thinking about this. They know that a lot of their users are going to fork over the cash because there's some really cool games on there and you can't really play them because they're not for sale anywhere without, like, piracy. Like, you can't really do this without emulation, which is too bad. I was looking forward to playing... Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask again. But you know what? If I want to, if I really want to play those games, I'll just break out my 3DS. Because let's let's be honest here, and I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about anybody else, but let's be honest here, Bill. I know that what I would end up doing is subscribing to this, playing each game for about five minutes, and then never playing it again because I have a billion games to play and it doesn't really matter. Uh, There's just too many games to play. Perry David v- uh, Dillon said, at least they're keeping the base membership and nothing has to change for me. From what I know so far, that's not something I would consider at a significantly lower price. The price is just pushing me further away from considering the add-on. The Real Tobias uh, tweeted, they said, it's more than I would like to pay, but not too much where I won't get it. All in all, I will buy it, but I'm not happy about it. Uh, Dead Tendo responded, they said, I would like to respond between too expensive and just right i personally for me i think it's way too expensive um the idea that i I could pay twenty dollars a month for nintendo switch online nes games super nes games cloud saves the phone thing you know that's that's five things for 20 bucks a year and then to go from that to more than double For Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games and DLC for a game I may or may not play, that doesn't seem like a very good deal. Especially when you consider that you can get the Sega Genesis Classics Collection for a really, really low price of I think like $30. I can't remember how much it is exactly because I already own it. And if I open it up on my Switch, it just says, You own this. Um, I think that the price is just absolutely dreadful. Speaking of dread, how do you like that for a segue? Uh, Metroid Dread sold 87,000 physical copies in Japan. Now, that might sound like a low number, but you have to remember that Japan has a fairly low population. That exceeds the Metroid Samus Returns Game that came out in September of 2017 by a lot. That game sold 29,000 lifetime sales in Japan, and this could have been another good story, but it is completely marred by some bad stuff. Now, this is not all on Nintendo. Uh, This is more on Mercury Steam. Who, if you don't know who Mercury Steam are? They're the ones that actually made Metroid Dread like Nintendo hired Metro or hired Mercury Steam in order to make this game. They did a great job. I'm loving it. I was gonna talk more about it today, but obviously we're already at almost 20 minutes, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing it. I've thrown a lot of hours into it, having a blast with it, and I'm gonna talk more about it um, next week. Um, but Metroid Dread tremendously successful. And then this this happened. Uh, there's a 3D artist named Roberto Mejias, I think is how you pronounce their last name. If I said it wrong, I apologize. Here's what they said. I would like to sincerely congratulate Metroid Dread team for putting out such an outstanding game. I'm not surprised at the quality of the game, though, since the amount of talent on that team was through the roof. I know this firsthand, because despite not being included on the game's credits... I was part of that team for eight months. While playing the game, I've recognized quite a few assets and environments I worked on. So my work is there. Then I would like to ask Mercury Steam, why do do I not appear in the game's credits? Is it some kind of mistake? And then this is really irritating. Mercury Steam says that their studio policy requires somebody to work on the game for 25% of its development time to be credited. I think that's ridiculous. Now, they they say that sometimes exceptions are made for exceptional exceptional contributions, but that's ridiculous. If you worked on the game, you should be in the credits. How hard is it when you make the end credits scroll by as somebody finishes the game? How hard is it to just add an extra row or have the credits scroll for an extra... 15 seconds. Or I have, I don't know, um, do the regular credits like you have and then say special thanks to, and then list in even smaller smaller font all of the names of people who worked on it for less than 25% of the time. In my opinion, this is such an easy thing to fix to have a policy in place like they obviously mercury steam says they have a studio policy that says you have to work on 25 percent in order to be credited so clearly they thought about this ahead of time it's not like this comes as a shock to them they have a policy in place that says this and maybe it's in the person's contract I don't know. We don't have all of the information here. But for this game to go out on... You know, this is a ridiculously popular game. Uh, Nintendo spent a lot of money hyping it up. And it's all very well deserved. And the people who worked on this game, they deserve to be credited for their work. It's like if, you know... I made a podcast and I had somebody come on the show and join me on the show. And I never, you know, even if they were only on for like two minutes, they came on, I interviewed them real quick, but I only asked them the questions that I wanted to and never gave them their, never gave their name or anything. It's incredibly ridiculous and selfish because the the solution is so much easier. And and you know what? Here's yet another solution. So, so far, my solutions are have the credits be a little longer. My next solution is, you know, make the font a little smaller so you can fit more names on there. My third solution is have your regular credits and then a special thanks section at the end with even smaller fonts so you can fit everybody in there. And then my final solution, unless I think of something else uh, before I stop recording, is just have a menu item where you can go, like, don't put it at the end. It's just a full credits menu item. So you get your regular credits, and then you've got your full credits menu item if people want to look. Now, as somebody who plays video games, if I get to the end of the game, do I even bother to look at the names? No, I don't. And I'm guessing most people don't either, um, but if I worked on a game, you can bet, especially a game like Metroid Dread, which is just so fantastic. If I worked on that game, I would be really proud of it, and I would feel, I would feel like crap if somebody had left me out of the credits. So I think Mercury Steam has really dropped the ball here, and. They've done something which, I don't know, might be commonplace in the industry, but it shouldn't be. It absolutely shouldn't be. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think about the Mercury Steam nonsense? What do you think about the pricing of the uh, Nintendo Switch Online stuff? What do you think about the Animal House? Animal House? <laughs> uh, animal Crossing uh, stuff. Let me know. I'm at Stomp on Twitter. I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.